You're listening to Proropod. Welcome as we, Portia the lifelong fan and Amanda the first time reader, discover the books of Agatha Christie. We are sisters who live on opposite ends of the U.S. doing a quarantine project and who love to be soothed by British murder mysteries. In this shithole of a moment in history, it's nice to have Poirot or Miss Marple solve it all. Hello? Hello? Yes! We did it! Uh, Why is 2021 so easy but so hard? <laughs> yeah, that's a very good question. We did it. We managed to find each other over. We can hear each other. And we can record each other and we can hear each other. And we're not hearing me twice. Right. Hey, welcome to Poropod. Yes, welcome to Poropod. And this week has nothing to do with Poro. We are talking about Mr. Parker Pine. Right. And the which, delightful short story collection of Parker Pine Investigates, which I love. And Portia's first note is stupid name. So the, the only clearly reason- Portia is, uh, these, these, it's funny because these ones that are off brand, Agatha Christie's are like clearly my, always my favorites. And Portia's like, loser. <laughs> it's not so much that I don't like it. It's more that he doesn't actually do very much investigating. That's so, true. And so, he keeps telling us that, that does, that's not what he does. Right. So he's like, I don't investigate. And then I'm like, so why is the name of your, your you know, the book? Investigate. Okay, okay, that's valid. That's very valid. So, but yeah, I mean, I enjoy it and I found it fascinating. And you got to think about, I read this when I was in high school. And how he viewed relationships and unhappiness. Yeah, seriously, right? <clears throat> so the basic premise of this guy is that he's got an office in London and a staff of people. And he has an ad in the personals. It's on which- the front page of the London Times. It's not just in the personal, but it's, it's on the front page. Right. But this is, yeah, because the London Times would have like... Uh, yeah ad section but you you don't have to go deep in to see it so most people had seen his ads because they're like are at some point on the front page and the all the ad said was are you happy if not consult parker pine which is really ballsy you know because now that we know so much about um mental health like he's you know saying i'll fix unhappiness um but right. he's not fixing unhappies in the way you think he is. He's not. He is the untherapist. No, he. Yeah, right. He doesn't fix your brain. He fixes your life. Yeah. He, you don't have to do any work. You don't have to accept the world the way things are. None of the things that an actual therapist would say to you. Does he do? No, he he changes your life or your circumstance. In a and, way that doesn't necessarily have your consent. Right. Right. Because <laughs> he's just like, the reason you're unhappy is because of this. So I'm going to do this for you. And you're like, actually, and he's like, no, 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 just trust me. Because, and then the reason why that he says he can understand unhappiness and solve it is because he used to work for 
the way I would describe it now is the Census Bureau. <laughs> Forever. Right, so his, his reason is always statistics. Right. He's like, yeah, I study people and basically there's only five kinds of unhappiness. Which I don't think he's wrong about that. Right. Like that unhappiness is that we all think are so. So a lot of it is antiquated and a lot of it is based on stereotypes. And what I found interesting about it, especially from this like 2020 lens where we've all had a lot of time to like just sit and look at our unhappiness. (laughs) Right. our own four walls with no distractions right so I, I i did find it interesting to think about that what i thought was interesting was that all of us thinks our happy unhappiness is unique but it's all the same right and that probably unhappiness probably does fall into five categories or whatever it is and my unhappiness probably is a Venn diagram of those five or something like right. that we're all not so special and we're all not so unique and it's all just like wanting to be, have attention and whatever it is, right? Wanting adventure, wanting stability, but wanting not stability and all those things. Yeah. I mean, the only thing is like if somebody was suffering from unhappiness because of trauma in their life, he would not be the guy. Definitely or, not. Um, he was like, are you privileged and unhappy privileged and unhappy yeah that is the thing right uh although he does serve a variety of income levels and charges a variety of prices right based on income levels so let's get into the first case so we can start to illustrate this to our audience who may or may not have read this recently the very first case is the case of the middle-aged wife and this woman is dealing with this, you know, she's, she's basically sounds like waiting to exhale. She's helped her husband build up his business and now he's built up his business and now he's running around with a young woman from his office. And she's just like, but now that we finally like made it, could you take me out? But instead he's like taking out a young woman from his office. And they're going and- out dancing. And then he's like, why are you upset? Because there's no harm in it. And it's just, you know, she's just, I'm just, I just feel bad for her. She doesn't have the money to do these things. And it's like, why are you so jealous? And like, basically making this, pushing her into a corner, making her feel very jealous. And yeah, and as a middle-aged wife, you know, like I could see, although I haven't been married as long as they have, you know, but I, there was this like, yeah, you get to a point where you're like bored, basically. This is, it sounds like, the husband was bored and then she's like but but we worked really hard and now and i helped you through all those tough years where you barely had a business and i helped you and now that things are thriving you're taking out the spoils of that for some young person versus me and she came in and she was well dressed and had money and um and then he's like i can fix this so she sees the ad for mr parker pine as we talked about on the front page so she goes in and she's like Ugh. and she can't even bring herself to say it and parker pine is like let me guess right your husband is going out from with some young woman from his office and he basically like is able to just like guess the whole situation based on her demographic and she's like how did you know and what i think is interesting to think about and as we look at further cases, he charges her 200 pounds 
and this is 1934 that's a crap ton of money right um and he's like and what i love is that he's so arrogant about like it working and that she's gonna do it he's like 200 pounds and she's like afterwards and she's like no 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 up front and she's like what and he goes yeah i know that's weird you go home and think about it um and come back when you're ready and she does leave and he goes to um the person working in his office and says yeah about four she'll be back and she came back at quarter to four and it's like um yeah He's able to call. And again, she does have the money. It's not a it's not a, a burden for her. Right. Because she, yeah. And then you can see where the money goes. Because he gives the money for her. So basically, Mr. Parker Pine has this gigolo, basically, take her out. And yeah, the term eating. that they use is lounge lizard. Right. <laughs> young, so pretty, this, yeah, pretty guy. This young, pretty guy takes, starts taking her out. And so instead of her focusing on her husband and the pretty young thing that he's going out with, she's focused on the pretty young thing that she's going out with. The other and, thing that Parker Pine does is he makes an appointment with her for a facial, right? a hairdresser, and a, a, a clothing... Uh, a dressmaker. Know, a dressmaker. And it right. sounds he like... He gives her like a makeover. Yeah, and it sounds like it. she had done what back when I used to watch what not to wear all the time, you know, women would come in and say, I haven't focused on myself. I focused on my family, my kids. Da, da, da. And they're like, let's focus on you. And then at the end of the show, they'd be like, Oh my God, this is what it's like to focus on me. So Parker right. Pine did that for her, but he right. didn't pay for it on those. He just made the appointments. Right. So that's what ends up. So like she, she paid all this money, but the money goes back into her makeover and her getting a new dress. And then it goes into like this lounge lizard taking her out three times a week. She's going out on the town. And so the money isn't just going to profit for him. The money is going into the new lifestyle that she's living. Yeah. And then, yeah. So it's really interesting. So she's having fun going out, dancing with him. And then and it, after- and it very, very from the beginning starts to shift her mindset instead of obsessing about where's her husband going with this young girl she's like thinking about claude who is the lounge lizard's name and she's like thinking about what it feels like to go out and thinking about how she looks in this dress and she it already shifts her attention so that when her husband starts to be weird about like are you jealous about this she's like oh what huh no um i'll see you whenever like it really starts to shift her attention from being on him 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 to being on herself and i think that's the point of the treatment right parker pine suggested is that it it shifts to being focused on what she's doing and so by the end the husband is like oh you're so jealous of me and this girl and she's like oh what whatever do what you want i don't care and which the husband finds extremely disappointing (laughs) because he was partially doing it to piss her off Right, because they run into each other at a club and she sees her husband with the girl and she's like, wow, the girl looks bored and he looks dumb because he doesn't know the current steps because we're right. middle-aged. Right, he's this old guy out there and like, you know, I'm, I'm guessing like some of us could relate to, she's an older lady that after a makeover, 
looks pretty good in the club and she could like update her steps and update her look but she sees her husband and she's like oh he looks old and out of date and i'm embarrassed for him right she feels sorry for him and then that night um she they talk and he's like oh it was interesting seeing you there you got to be careful hanging out with the lounge lizards and she's like yeah it's just good that we can have fun and he starts to feel stupid the husband starts to feel stupid and realizing like there's something about that makes him feel like why was i spending all this money on this young girl right and then um but then he says something about lounge lizards to his wife i forgot her name and um and then so the next day she's like oh my gosh he is a lounge lizard i mean he's been paying this whole time but i guess it was my money i should buy him something so she buys him like a a gold cigarette case oh is that what it was yeah it was a gold cigarette case and she tries to give it to him and he gets offended and gives it back and then like that comes and gives her a ring that he says was his mother's and says you know i was supposed to make love to you but it's become too real um i'm gonna leave and i thank you for turning me into a better man um i'm gonna you always said that you look at the agony column. There's so much use of the personal ads. Right. Um, but the agony column in the paper, uh, once a year, you can look and see that I will be thinking of you. And then he leaves her. Right. And then, she, and then, oh, and he kisses her right before he leaves. Like in that, like, bless you. <laughs> I was trying to be silent. I didn't want the audience to think they're going to get COVID from me. I'm vaccinated. (laughs) You can't catch COVID from a podcast, a study show. (laughs) So, you know, like, I feel like, like sneezing used to be something cute. And now sneezing is like the new farting in COVID times. Like you just can't go around sneezing. (laughs) Right, right. I know, right? You feel so bad. Yeah. Oh, I'm so, oh, just horrified. Like you just have to like hide your face and never leave the house again if you sneeze in public. It's just like, oh, horrified. Oh God. Yeah, I know, right? But thank you for telling the audience that I sneezed. Well, you're in the comfort of your own home. I know, but I just, you know. I know, I know. You can't catch COVID from a podcast. <laughs> so, and then um, the Claude, the guy, goes back, and it turns out everything, including the ring and the ad in the agony column, is all set up by Parker Pine. Right. So they like, they like, oh yes, the ring was from your mother. All of that was just like, yeah. But and then, um, but she feels awesome. Right. She, she feels able. Right. She just, even after he leaves and it's like, I'm going to go make a better man for myself. I'll never see you again, blah, blah, blah. But you've changed me. Looking back at that, she feels totally different. And like when her husband comes to her, she's got a totally different attitude. She's just like, oh, whatever, man. And well, no, because he was like, let's go on a trip together. Her husband said that, like, let's go on a trip. And it wasn't like whatever at that point. It was, it was, it was like, oh, that'd be lovely. But it seemed like, I mean, she was definitely, what I meant by whatever was, she was more removed. She wasn't hanging on his every word in terms of her husband. Like, she was like, sure, babe. She had a lot more power. Right. And so she was like, oh, he's a sad old man. Sure, I'll go on a trip with him. Versus like, oh, my husband finally wants me. We'll go, I'll go on a trip with him. Like, it seemed right, like. Right, right. 
he'd stepped into her power. She could see him more for who he was in the good and the bad of him. It totally leveled the playing field for them. Right. And it's a fascinating way. And instead of her being like obsessed with and stuck on Claude, she was just like, I've had this epic romance and I can see my husband with more nuance and see myself with more nuance. Right. And, and this is the thing, like, why did the husband start going out dancing with the young girl from, I think his office or I don't know how they met or whatever. It was from his office. That, um, because they were in a rut they worked hard together they probably never had any fun they didn't focus on taking care of themselves or making themselves feel pretty or all the things that you do when you're courting right and this happens in long-term relationships where after you know you're just like oh let's focus on groceries and laundry and and you don't get to focus on i mean that's another thing that, on dating yeah on dating like covid has made it very hard because there's nowhere to go out right and then for us with young kids uh we we couldn't get a sitter so if there right. was nowhere to go and no one to stay right <clears throat> so so like if you never get a reason to get dressed up right and focus on yourself and making yourself feel good because you're just focused on, I got to get my job done. I got to do the thing. I got to do this. And you never do that. Your relationship doesn't have any spark. Right. So the reason he was with his, that young girl was because of that. And that's why when his wife wasn't jealous, he was like, Oh, what, what? because he was trying to get something. Even right. if it was anger, you know. Right, and yeah, he he definitely said like once she wasn't jealous, then it made it not worth him for him, and he didn't realize that before. But once she wasn't jealous, he was like, "Well, what's even the point of running around with the young thing if your wife's not even gonna get mad about it?" Right, and then yeah. So yeah, she got. They both got these romances that reminded them they were probably sexual beings not that agatha christie would call it that right but and then um when she went to the dressmaker and the spa and the hairdresser they were like oh it's you know such neglect you know like so she wasn't doing a lot of what we now call self-care right she wasn't doing those things to make herself feel good right um and so what an interesting way, because, you know, as I said, I read this in high school. <laughs> and so thinking about like that a long-term relationship needs sparks, needs not threats necessarily, but definitely needs you to be interested in yourself. And yeah, yeah. so it's interesting yeah. And when I read it, when I had never been in a long-term relationship and then reading it after I'd been in a long-term relationship and am middle-aged, then I'm like, yeah, if you, you know, cause that's one of the, as I said, not being able to get dressed up and during COVID makes me feel blah. Right. It's true. It's so true. So, you know, anyway, so it's interesting, like, 
so as we mentioned, this was all manipulation, right? Parker Pine did this as entirely as manipulation. Right. So how like ethical his plans were for making you happy. But it worked. Um, but it worked. But what if he had said, this is what you need to do, right? Would that have worked? Right. The like therapist- but I think that's the point is that one, he, I don't, again, I, I don't know the timeline of different schools of therapy and when that all would have happened. But I think that manipulating the world is a more fun fictional way to read about it than someone doing <laughs> therapy <Right>. work. <laughs> fair. Even fair. if, even today, I don't want to read about someone doing their inner work and the woman realizing that she's been giving too much power to an external locus of control of her husband. <laughs> like, and not focusing on herself. And, and not, and not yeah. yeah, I mean, like, that's the work, but that's not fun. To, I mean, it, that's, that's, a, that's a read, but it's not a fun fictional read. <laughs> <laughs> True. True. I mean, I, I, think, I think there's a value in, I think even if it's unrealistic, there's a value in looking at, like, manipulating the situation, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's and- what most sitcoms and rom-coms and all those are about are like where does the situation change the person right we we know that in real life the person has to change the person and the person has to change their situation but it's fun to read about the way the situation gets manipulated to change the person which is what all of these stories are yeah yeah that's the basis of his work yeah and the very last scene the guy who works for him comes back and says, this is what it said in the ring. And this is the day. And it's supposed to say always true on this date. And they're going to pay for it for 10 years. And then he's like, Oh, okay. After this and how much going out, this is how that much was the thing. So Claude, the lounge lizard gigolo was like, this is fucked up, man. And Parker Pine was like, what you who's like clearly like from his past, the dirty rotten scoundrel of, many years right like definitely getting and at least now he's doing it for good he's doing it to like you know under parker pines's um framework this woman is getting like her power back and all these you know she's still getting her groove back etc etc but he still felt weird about it he felt felt guilty about it and but clearly from the way that parker pine describes him he'd been doing this for years for non- altruistic reasons just to scam women and so he he actually writes in his notebook like interesting side effect of a conscious growing in this lounge lizard yeah so yeah so he clearly got kind of attached to the woman himself right right so yeah because it's interesting because and i was thinking about my period of time after I got divorced because I did have to, I I remember talking to somebody else about this date, my way into having a better self-esteem. Totally. Because I felt like I wasn't very valuable. Oh my God. 
And that's what's interesting. I think there's a lot of things in fiction where, and probably in nonfiction too, where the person, the protagonist, whether it's a fictional person or a real person or it's me, is like, I'm not healthy enough to date yet. But so many times we get healthier through dating, right? Like, if I'm broken and I'm sitting by myself being broken, I might stay the same for three years. Right. But right. I date this person who reminds me of my ex, and I'm like, absolutely motherfucking not. And that <laughs> makes me stronger. And then or, I date this other person who's a new kind of fucked up, and I'm like, absolutely motherfucking not. And that makes me stronger. And then I date a new person who's healthier, and I'm like, huh. Well, and this for is me, uncomfortable, but I'm learning. <laughs> And they don't break up with me when I do weird shit. And I'm learning. And I feel like I I have, both you and I having been through breakups and stuff, like, I have felt guilty for not having been fixed, air quotes, before dating. But also knowing that, like, I couldn't have been fixed without the dating. Like, it's life experience. And that's what I think a lot of these Agatha Christie books are fascinating because of these questions that they have raised, which I did not know because I thought they were murder mysteries. But I think often we, this has come up before in some of our other episodes, life experience is how you get better. And I only get better through experience, you know, and like lack of experience keeps me in the same place. And maybe some people become Miss Marple. And become pro. Right. But like for me, I typically grow through experience and me without the world, I just keep doing being the same old, I get stuck in the same place. Yeah. So what I was going to say for me, then it was kind of like him saying, go out, get new clothes, have a facial, change your hair. I did that. And then I'm going on dates and then people are like, I would like to date you. And I had to go like, really? <laughs> like there was a while where I was like, really? You think I'm interesting and attractive? You know, because I had at the end of my first marriage felt not interesting and not attractive. And so I had to have multiple people. Um, I didn't just take one lounge lizard. But, you know, like multiple people say, I'm interested in dating you, where I'm like, I have things to offer, you know, like, right. and so that's where that it's interesting that resonated with me reading it now. Whereas when I read it the first time, I was like, oh, okay, so there, but this time I was like, oh, that's kind of like, and at that case, in, in the case of, um, I had already, there was no saving my relationship that wasn't about going back and rediscovering myself so that I could go back to a husband who would, um, cause that, that would already, but, um, ended. But for me, it was that like, Oh, that's what he's doing for her is going, remember you have value. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Right. And I, I, I totally agree with that. And I think I went through the same thing and I do think that the gender piece of it does have a value. Like, I think, I liked how you put it in terms of like your relationship and COVID and both sides and also, but I do think there is a real common story of like, uh, you know, a hetero couple 
that works this hard. They get to the place and then the man loses interest and goes to the younger person. Right. And Mm. so I do think, you know, when I look at the women in our lives, like I think that if Vivian had had a romance post her divorce, even if it didn't stick, it could have just told her that like she was worthy and some sexy younger man thought she was everything and he had to go off and like it could have just given her the things that she needed to not feel like shit and I feel like you know right post divorce our mom dated someone and it wasn't forever but I think it let her know that like she's a desirable person and then she could opt out of dating right but it let her know that like okay if I want to date a dude there's dudes out there that want me I don't want dudes and I'm okay but I think it got her groove back enough to be like, okay, these men that are bullshit, like these men that lose interest in their marriage don't have to define you. And I do think right. there's a real gender piece in that where like there's a thing where like older men lose interest in their marriage and run off with so-and-so and the woman ends up feeling valueless. Right. And so someone right. who comes in and holds up a mirror to you and is like, look at girl, you're beautiful. Look at you. right. you're hot as shit anyway, you, people want you and then she can be like yeah but I'll go back to so and so because you know right. it's the time that marriages got back together or I'm going to be fine on my own but I have the self esteem now to be like yeah people want me right because right. you're right that's the interesting it's not, thing it's not totally gender free it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a common trend with men doing this and women right. being like left behind and so I like the story of it because while it was sort of like maybe stereotypical it's also stereotypical for a reason because that's right. a common story of a, like a man does this and this and then like because middle aged men can get younger women because of financial power it's a thing right right and I wonder well, I have a couple of thoughts, you know, like if they were to have him come in the come to see Parker Pine, what would later. he say? Right. There's another well, yeah. later that's like that. Yeah, there's a reverse one, but uh, like no, I meant the guy who started seeing the younger woman, like what would have been like that, you know, like the stereotypical, you know, my wife's just boring or she's not paying attention or we just do the same thing and then there's this young girl and she's interesting and she's giving me attention and and she actually pays attention to her clothes or you know who knows but why would he go in yeah i suppose he wouldn't go in there would be no reason to he'd go i mean to him he's just like everything's great i have a wife who's devoted to me and i have this younger woman that's also interested in me it's awesome to be a man (laughs) right well i wonder because what's interesting and i don't know if it was just that um agatha christie wrote this because of the times or could you do this like if if they were to ever make a um a uh, movie version of this they would make them all sleep with each other obviously right and agatha christie didn't like she got one kiss and that was all she needed and that's true, you know, because I have had things that were just like, oh, there's so many things that are so much, again, 
when Parker Party is is talking about it to his secretary or whoever, he says a romance can be more powerful than a what did he call it? A fling or whatever. Like it's almost more powerful because they didn't sleep together, because they just had a kiss, because he was torn. Whereas if they slept together, you can think about how good the sex actually was. But when there's right. a kiss and the hint of sex, the the potential of sex is often much better than the actual sex. And right. the potential of sex, right? All of the, the pent up whatever. Right. And the wonder It didn't even yeah. feel puritanical. It just felt like in this case actual sex would have probably made her feel weird because she was still married and would it be that great and all the things but just like a kiss and all the potential I can't was so much more powerful to her and I think that can be true right because like like, real good sex has to be based on real good chemistry and it's not that common right potential for sex is so much more common Right. And so that's the romance because she could always be like, I was attractive and he kissed me. And he wanted and me. I ha- he wanted and like, me. And most that's of all us, she wanted is most of what we want. Right. <laughs> like, that's all you needed to know. Yeah. Yeah. I totally. Anyway, so that's one of my favorite ones of the short stories. Um, so we'll get to the rest of the these premises of the, you know, five kinds of being unhappy yeah. so that was the case of the middle-aged wife and then the second one is the disconsented discons oh man you say it discontented thank you discontented soldier <laughs> too many <laughs> for me um which was actually really interesting yeah especially since it turns out at the end spoiler that he had two clients right so this man comes in and he had been all over the world he'd been a soldier and you know he's stable and living life and everything but he's kind of bored and just side note he's been all over the world because this was you know back when england was a freaking empire and colonized everywhere so he was a colonizer just you know but he came back to england and he was single and he had enough money in the bank and but he didn't have any friends and he was just bored. He's just bored. And, and so they have him go out to lunch with another person who works for Parker Pine. Kind of like apparently a female the, version of Claude. Like a, a right, but apparently is distractingly beautiful. Like whenever they described her, I was like, okay, like what does she look like? <laughs> you know, like we're trying to get because they described her as so beautiful, but like that but for for he, this soldier she was too much he took her as like, she was too, he was like eh, she's too much so she tried when they went out to lunch she paid attention to the women that he did like and so right she comes back to the office and she's like okay to parker pride she's like he's she's like this is his type right like describes it physically yeah and then they give her give him an address to go to and he's supposed to meet someone and say something but on his way there, there's a woman who's saying help and trying to get away from uh, two men. Who are like and struggling and like bad guying her so bad. Yeah, yeah. And they did hire people of African descent for this scene, which, you know. 
Did they? Interesting. Yeah. Oh. Remember? Oh, no, you... I don't remember that. Yeah. So anyway, um, so she's saying help. And then the guy comes and like rescues her. And the, the two guys who were trying to get her run off and they're like, and he's like, what happened? And so they go out to lunch and she said, I'm an orphan. And this guy approached me and said that there might be something in my dad's stuff. Right, because he was like a sailor and a pirate or something. <laughs> my dad sailed the open seas and there might have been some important papers in his chest. So she like gave the papers from her dad's chest to this random man. And then he, and he like, was like, he was like, that's not meet it. Me at this house and bring me everything. And then on her way there, these thugs, which they called, they kept calling them thugs, and I didn't realize that they were supposed to be thugs of color. That's not great. Um, oh, in the book, it's uh, it's Negro, actually. Oh, no, that's definitely changed in the audiobook, because I would have caught that. Oh, yeah. Really? yeah. Nope, yeah. nope, 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 nope. <laughs> they kept saying thugs a lot. So I, I, oh, I took them as... Well, they only used that word of, of just a few times as descriptors. They uh, did use thugs they, no, more. But they, yeah. they never said that in the audiobook. Thank goodness. Oh, interesting. That would have pulled me right out. It's funny because like when you put that note in the in the overall themes about like racism, I was like, I mean, there's definitely some, but it wasn't heavy. And I could see why, Rao, why you brought it up from the beginning because if they have like people described as yeah, yeah yeah and it, you know yeah so anyway so um because she's being attacked and he saves her and they go to she tells the story about the guy who wants her dad's papers and then he's like i wonder if you were being kidnapped because there's something else in your dad's chest and so they go back and they find the chest and then their her landlady says that there was a guy who was checking the gas or yeah. something who like was skipping through her stuff and then the guy who had gone to parker pine the discons discontented oh i did it soldier you did it um was like there's something in the lining here so he like finds a secret hiding place in the lining of her dad's thing and then it's a paper written in swahili and he happens to know Swahili because he was a colonizer. <laughs> because of colonization, yes. Um, and uh, something about a treasure a map in Swahili to some hidden into some hidden um, uh, ivory. Oh, right. In, um, right. in ivory in Africa. Ivory. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which ivory? Even back in the '30s, they were like, "Stop killing elephants for ivory," so because you're not supposed to do it. So this was like. You know, secret stash of ivory. Right. Um, but then, and so, so then something happens. They separate, and then he gets told to meet her at a house, and she gets told to meet him. So they end up both trapped in a basement, which is now filling with water. They have to escape in dramatic fashion from this basement that's filling with water. They get out, and then decide they escape. And decide to get married and then go find this treasure together. And they flash forward to them in West Africa, loving their new life, married, can't believe how happy they are together. And they're each separately says, you know what? I never got anything out of that money I gave to that Parker Pine man. Too bad this randomly happened to me, which has nothing to do with that. 
Right. Because I am happier. And what was interesting, because she talked about how she only gave Parker Pine like five right. pounds. And um, and I, for um, Major, what's his face? It was a little bit more, not a lot. But it was in contrast, because I was thinking about how the first story she had to pay 200 pounds. Right. It's definitely like a sliding um, scale for him. Yeah. And so, because I was thinking about like, she was a young woman who had not a lot of money and was renting a room. And so, yeah, five pounds would be all she could afford. Um, but yeah, she's like, oh, I never went back because that never happened. But then I met, I wouldn't have met whatever his name is. And But for pure chance. So I guess it's okay. But then it turns out. No, he totally set the whole thing had... up. He totally set them up together and was like, if she's in distress, he'll rescue her. If And they... Because go ahead, yeah, and he, that's his thing because he's a colonizer soldier who's been in Africa. So um, they had a fake and, treasure uh, in Swahili. Right. And the funniest part was it's a callback because he brings in Mrs. Oliver, who's the stand-in right. for Agatha Christie, right. and so he she's he's like really you had the basement filled with water isn't that kind of predictable and it turns out that like she's this novelist who's a stand-in for agatha christie and other books but clearly like you know she's a novel writer and like so in the in the premise of this book she's a novel writer who's like bored with doing that so like he's working she's working for him now writing scenarios for real life adventures for people and he's like isn't the water the basement filling with water kind of predictable and she's like that's what people want they want something that they've read about before because it makes it so much better when it happens in real life because you've read about it before you actually don't want the unexpected you want to experience the thing that you've read about and then you can like have that adrenaline of having read about it before which is fascinating like the self-owned of all that right we don't want something new we want something that we think we've thought about before. Read yeah, about read about before right, or whatever. Right. So yeah, but turns out basically both of these people paid him to make them less unhappy and he basically set them up together for, through a fake emergency and they fell in love right. and moved to Africa right. to look for this fake treasure but they, in the meantime they've fallen in love. Right. And so like, there's the rescuing scenario and you know, like that makes him fall in love. Plus they had already asked him what his type is. Um, and you know, so like, uh, yeah, so it's, there's all sorts of things to make it happen so that they were less happy. But then in 20 years they can get bored with each other and then then they'll have to go back to him <laughs> so that he can create a romance for right. him. But it was funny how they both in their in- internal monologue were both like, I never got anything out of that money I gave to that man. But this happened to have happened so I guess I'm okay now because I am happy. But they don't realize that they were set up. Right, right. It was, it was cute. cute. That was a cute one. Um, the next one is not one of my favorites, um, but it was okay. So it's called The Distressed Lady. 
And so this lady comes in who's pretty well dressed and she's like, oh my gosh, I've done something stupid. I've thought about stealings from my friend, but I need to get it back to her so that she doesn't know that I took this. And, um, and it's this whole convoluted thing, like, I stole the jewelry, and I needed to return it t- because it's my friend, but I was losing It was this whole thing. Right, because she's like, we're now not even speaking to each other, but I got to get it back to her because she's going to have it appraised, and if she doesn't, she'll know that it was me because she gave it to me to take to the jeweler, and then I did a copy, and so can you... Uh, uh, help to get it back. And so Parker Pine comes into this situation because apparently his two lounge lizards, the two beautiful people he has working for, also can dance really right. well. Also professional dancers would need be. As we um, all know, Portia, every right. attractive person is also a very good dancer. Right. That's how it works. <laughs> There's no training. Right. Yeah. So they... Um, go to a party at the person's house that she said to switch the fancy necklace, I think. And then turn off the light, switch the necklace, or is it a ring? It was a ring. It was was a a ring. ring. It was a ring. Right, right. Because Claude was was dancing. (laughs) Yeah, Claude was dancing and slipped off the ring. And yeah. Anyway, Uh, But then the lady comes back and she's like, oh, thank goodness you did it. And then he's like, yeah, just to make sure I um, had a professional jeweler look at the ring before we switched it. So I wouldn't make sure that. um, Right. That I didn't actually make a mistake. um, And then it turns out that it was. uh, The whole convoluted story was all a lie. And she was trying to get Parker Pine to steal the ring for her. Right. She was trying to, yeah. She was trying to get him to steal the ring for her, replace it with a paste replica. <coughs> There's a lot of paste replicas in this book. Right. So you basically, yes. you have nice jewelry and there's a, you know, what they call paste. So it must be like a fake right. jewel version of the same jewelry. Yeah. And you swap it out. So basically, yeah. She was trying to get to actually get Parker Pines people to steal the real jewelry, replace it with a paste replica, and give her the real one and get him in trouble when they figured it out. But he was too smart for yeah. that. And so he was like, he actually charged her for the expenses only, but didn't charge her any money and was like, um, no, I'm going to give you back the fake ones and I'm not going to charge you because. You're the worst. I'm not going to make you happy. I'm not making you happy, so I'm not charging you. Right. Yeah. Because her whole thing was a lie. Her, she was actually basically the maid who had worked for this rich lady and came up with this whole scheme. The whole scheme was very convoluted, which is why I think I didn't enjoy it that much, especially since once he knew that the ring was fake. Why did he go through with any of it? Why did he go through any of it? Because he had the, they looked at the ring before. They even started it. So why send the dancers, have them turn the lights off? Why they do the whole right. thing? And then like take her ring off and put it back on, but leave the real one on and have him 
Claude have his moment with the lady just to have nothing happen? Right. I mean, I guess it was setting another, us up as the reader. story in this where the, a similar thing happens where I'm just like, well, once you knew, you didn't have to do that. Right. So, yeah. So it was a That's little a bit. Point. It's a very the, good point. And on, on the first read, I just was like, ha ha, Perkabine figured you out. But on the second read, I was like, but why? <laughs> why did he just not be like, nope, we're not doing any of this. Right, because once they saw that the ring was fake that she gave him to swap, then she, he could be like, well, this is a fake ring, so I'm not going to do any of it. But I, I, the only thing is, is that as a reader, it was one of those tricks of trying to get us sucked into the story and then the surprise twist to find out that right, it was... Right, which is why I felt like it worked on first read. First read, right, you're like, right. blah, 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 and this is happening, and then shock, it's all fake. But in the second read, you're like, this, yeah. this doesn't make any sense. Why would Parker Pine go through with it? Right, right. But then there's nothing to read, so I get it. So, okay, so the next one is probably my least favorite story. Really? <laughs> I like, more because I like this one. More because it was a failure on Parker Pine's part. I liked it. So the premise, it was kind of similar to the middle-aged wife, but reversed. So they'd been married for nine years and she was hanging out with a, another guy and um, who was more artistic. The husband, the wife was hanging out with this other guy who's more artistic and wanted him to come visit. And the husband was like, I adore her, but I'm kind of a loser. So I should probably just step aside. Okay, so, and so, so what happens is, the husband comes into Parker Pine. He's like, my husband, my, no, it's not gay. My wife wants a divorce. She's been hanging out with this new guy. They're into arts and culture and all the things. I'm an oaf. All I know is sports. I don't know anything. I'm a loser. She's right. She should go with him. But I love her and I don't want to let her go. Can you help me? I've read your ads. And then Parker Pine is like... No, you idiot. You should see yourself as valuable. You and it was funny because it was like a girl. Look at yourself. You're va- you're fantastic. It was like right. some kind of like girl right. pep talk that girls give each other, but it was like a guy giving it to a guy. So it was like right. being sports, being about sports is valuable. Like who cares about arts and culture? Like she should care about sports, and you have given her all the power and. You could read that scene very misogynistically and you could read it in sort of just sort of like whatever you're into is a thing that's valuable. Like don't sell yourself so short. And that's how it actually and came espe- across. Right. And especially after reading the one where the wife had done this and same thing of like, right. why is my husband going away? This one, it was more, you know, you could kind of be like, oh, you also need to be taught that you have value. Right. And that's exactly it. Like, and that's why it was kind of nice because the first one had started out in the reverse. So in this one, you could just be like, yeah, you've abdicated all your own power, all your own value in this relationship. You, all, the only value you see is in the other person. So, of course, the only value they see is in themselves. Like, you don't see right. value in you, so they don't see value in you. And so right. there's a reading of that scene that's very, like, man, bro, gross, 
But there's also a like, oh, he's a nice guy. And like, he's not the worst. And like, he's undervalued. Yeah. So kind of same thing happens, similar to the first story, where like, she gets the vamp to go, basically go and make the wife jealous. So they're like staying at their country house because these are all privileged people. And they all go and stay at the house. Right. So while the husband is, you know, heartbroken over his wife, she's got a friend there and then like a a woman friend. And then the husband has this vamp from Parker Pines agency come and be totally into him. And she's totally like just oozing sex and he's totally uncomfortable, doesn't want to kiss her, doesn't want to do anything. And But she's so good at this that she totally flips the wife into jealousy. And the wife's right, boyfriend cause... is there, and she makes the wife hate her boyfriend. And she makes the boyfriend like her. <laughs> right. like, so that no one likes the wife now. Everyone likes this new woman. Um, and then, but then the very end this woman who works at Parker Pine comes into his office and is like, Oh my gosh, it's exhausting. Um, you know, I've been trying so hard to get him to pretend to like me. Cause it was such a struggle. And, but finally we came to a head where he's like, I don't even need you. We can just get divorced now. And uh, the husband announced that, but then the husband has been comes working running like in. with each of this, each step along this process, the wife is more and more like, wait, what do you mean? You don't, you're not into me. That's so hot. You're right, so sexually right. disinterested in me. We, like we all know we're <laughs> right. all drawn right. to sexual yeah, disinterest. Right. Right. So then um, the, but then the husband comes bursting into the office and is like, darling. And the woman working for Parker Pine is like, say what? And and so then, and then the wife comes chasing. Oh my gosh, I wish you could see this. Sushi is on her back legs. Oh my gosh. Can you see this? I don't know what animal oh, is out she there. Is not impressed. So for our listening audience, the cat is on her back legs at the window, just scratching at the window, looking at some oh, kind of animal. She's kicking their ass, whoever they are. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you get him, Sushi. You're not a 15-year-old indoor cat. She's playing cat. like cat Fortnite over there. <laughs> right. Um, I totally lost. Oh yeah. So then the wife comes chasing the husband who was chasing the beautiful one who works for Parker Pine and everybody's upset. The wife is like, I always loved him before you came along. And the husband's like, no, you didn't. I only love this woman who works for Parker Pine, who was totally acting. Um, you know, the, and so and then that's the end. Like that scene ends, and then Parker Pines oh says, "Oh, that was a failure because the guy fell in love with this woman who I had acting like." Right. So it's like it's similar to the first one, except for the guy gets stuck on her. Right. So instead of just a romance, he actually believes 
so much. Well, I think part of the thing was is that Parker Pine said, this is not going to be real. He told yeah. the guy, this is not real. This is not real. This is not real. Um, unlike the wife who thought it was, but then nothing, you know, but this one, they to, were like, we're just pretending. Was. Yeah. The psychology was this case, different. The way he handled the psychology of each one. Right. Because I, yeah, so I guess the question is, why did he tell the guy it had to, it wasn't real, but then the guy thought it was, and therefore it was a failure. Right. So anyway, I mean, I guess the reason I wasn't didn't like this one is because it's a sad ending of that particular story. Right, it's a sad ending, and you hope that the, the guy gets it together, but you're right, like... I gotta see what she's <laughs> I mean, at. that she keeps fighting. Like, what is she fighting over there? Yeah, she's so I guess going. that was just because he... No, she stopped. But she was going right up until I walked over there, and maybe she stopped because she's like, oh, I'm not scratching at anything. <laughs> So, uh, what was I saying? Um, and I also think that this was like yeah. the difference between story one and story two is a commentary on what Agatha Christie, Agatha Christie thinks between mm. men and women. Excuse me. Right. Yeah. Do you agree? Maybe, but. Because a woman could have a romance and that would be enough, but for a man, he... Has to act on it. Has to act on it? Maybe. Because, yeah, because again, but this guy clearly does need therapy because, once again, he found his value in the the other, this woman. Right? Was it his wife that he adored and now this new woman who was pretending to like him and then he's like, no, no, no. I've fallen in and love with you. like, I was he's... being paid the whole time to like you. So, like, did he never, even though Parker Pine does a pep talk and tells him that he has value, whereas in the first story, he helps her learn he has, she has value. Um, he still never felt valuable. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. And this is like, probably my favorite. It's so cute. It's is it your so favorite? It's so cute. <laughs> it's so cute. Okay, so new guy comes into Parker Pine's office and he's like, I have nothing to complain about. I have a wife and I have kids. We've worked hard. We're coming more middle class. You know, we can pay for all the food and we're doing all the things. We've worked. And the wife actually went to the coast with the kids because we can actually afford to do that for the first time. But they don't have a lot of money, but they're starting to feel like they have right. a little and bit. Right. And like the way that Parker Pine summarizes him is sort of like a life of constant work. And. Right. Having been in that mode, I totally understand that. Again, I think in our generation, there's more built-in treat yourself, <laughs> and in that right generation, you just kept going. 
but I could totally relate to like where it's like you just do this and you do that and you do this and you do that and you're just trying 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 and that's how this guy was he was like I have nothing to complain about things are okay but my wife's out of town with the kids because you know they're doing this vacation that we couldn't afford all of us to go to with her parents and here I am and so he was sort of just like bored in this like middle class slog and it was so sweet because he wasn't like unhappy in his marriage he loves his kids all the things he was just sort of like whoo it's a lot of a lot of monotony and, and then having been through and- covid times running the dishwasher unloading the dishwasher <laughs> cooking dinner unloading the dishwasher that's how it is you know it is what it is right it is what it is and you know and parker pines you know because he says there's nothing to complain about i have lots of blessings and parker pines like yeah but when you have to count them right then you're like ah and then he's like i don't know what i want i don't know what i want and parker pine was like you want to live gloriously for five minutes and he's like yeah he's like, i wouldn't say that but What's- yeah I just want something interesting to happen. So this is the most and he- fascinating thing. So then they show a scene of Parker Pine going to this club, one of these like exclusive clubs, and he meets with some diplomat who they've been having trouble figuring out how to send these patient this these papers to the League of Nations that are gonna like share some invention with the League of Nations and it's not going to go for, for profit, it's going to help the world yada 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 these rogues want to interfere with it because they want to make money off of these things and this man who is closely connected to that is like there's someone with the office who's probably compromised, everyone else will be known, who are we going to send and Parker Pine's like, Parker Pine's like I got a guy or maybe he asked the guy, Parker Pine, do you have a guy? And he's like, I got a guy. So he sets up this guy who wants adventure into this very, very, very risky situation where he could actually get killed because it's very high. Like it was real intrigue. International espionage stuff. But and it's some kind of formula. It's a formula that's gonna save the world. But they're giving it away for free to the League of Nations instead of selling it. Right, selling it. or Yeah. But he doesn't but, tell them um, what it is because he knows that if he knows, he'll fuck it up because he's just some goofball guy. Right, because he's not actually a spy. Who could, yeah. And so he just, he tells him it's something about the Russian crown jewels. And so right. he sets up this guy. Bolsheviks. He puts him yeah. on a train to Geneva or whatever. And is like, you have something about the Russian crown jewels and the Bolsheviks are trying to get you. And so he gets through and he passes it off the formula, but he doesn't know it happened because it happened so seamlessly. Right. He took the train and then passed off the thing and he was like, oh, that was boring. So then he's sitting in Geneva at a bar and this guy comes up to him with a russian beard and goes i hear we have a a friend in common pp his initials okay you're gonna get on this train you're gonna meet someone these are the passwords and i want you to do whatever you can to help them and then the guy's like like, right finally 
this is the real thing. Right. <laughs> Which this is, the, yeah, because spoiler, it's a fake thing. He already did it the real, real thing. It's a real, actual, important thing. And they actually, and by the end, you find out that the bad guys, like, tried to screen him to see if he was carrying it. And they were like, this is just a goofball guy who's literally. Who's obsessed with bullshit. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because Parker Pie didn't tell him what he was doing. So he looked like a dumbass tourist on this train. So they didn't even, like, kill him, <laughs> which is good. <laughs> right, right. And so, yeah. So the cute thing is, like, at the after he does the real mission, He's totally set up to do this fake mission where there's like this fake guy with the Russian accent and there's a countess and he's got like blah blah blah. And Which intrigue, turns out, lady, intrigue. the countess is the same beautiful lady that he has in Parker Pine uses right. for everything. And so it's like intrigue, intrigue jewels and countess and right. So the train, they're on the train and she's like, they do the passwords and he's like oh my gosh you're beautiful and she had like a somehow a russian accent even though you know and then um she's like boris is on this train do you know what this means and he's like i don't know what this means and then um she's like he must not get the jewels and so he's like okay i'll sit outside your room and then he does because he's so polite and doesn't want to do anything untoward but then he hears something and he goes into her room and she's been the room's been ransacked. Um, oh, she's tied up at that right, point. Right. Right, right. And so he unties her and but they still don't have the jewels, so he's like, Okay, I'll hide the jewels and oh, oh, uh he figures something out. He actually does something in this fake intrigue where he yeah, dresses he up as a yeah, ticket guy. The train conductor, yeah. Yeah, um, and then, oh, yeah, yeah, because the bad guy was in there, he dresses up as a train conductor and then gets the bad guy out and then is sits up all night with the woman. Um, and then they make it to back to London. Yeah. I can't remember if that was going. Um, and then, uh, and then he gets a says goodbye to her and she kisses him and he gets a a crest or something as like yes. a thank you and um they're like you saved the grand duchess Mevram or countess <laughs> or whatever it was which is all fake because this is all made up yeah she him. literally lives in a walk up in london but right um but then he uh go and um he goes home and he's like, well, that was amazing. And then Parker Pine actually sends him a check because pounds. of which he only paid five or 10 yeah. pounds. It wasn't a lot because again, the sliding scale. Um, and so it was like a cool thing. Cause he actually did a thing, even though it wasn't the thing he thought he did. And then he was at home and his wife's going to come home and he's got this little crest thing and 50 pounds and he's just like oh he's reading the mystery novels and he's yeah, like he's oh, literally, I've he's done literally that reading mystery books after this and he's like yes that's just like what happened to me and yes that too <laughs> and like well now and, and right. it's funny because like when you when when you look at the gender assumptions that the book makes where we were just like in the one with the husband thing 
where he falls in love and he has to go all in. But in this case, it works. This romance of both a situation and a brief moment with the Countess and a brief kiss, it's just like the first one where he can look back on this moment for the rest of his life. Like he will have fantasies and self-esteem to carry him through the rest of his life based on this experience. Like I am this guy. I could have died. And I rescued. I rescued. I did these things. There was a sexy woman. We had a moment. It's just like the clog thing in episode one. And you know, chapter one. But and it, and he doesn't he's happy with his wife. He's not he's not like leaving his wife. It's something like it's just that like in his regular and they use the word suburban in the book his regular yeah, suburban yeah. routine life he can look back and be like i had this moment of intrigue i was that guy i had something else going on and this like amazing sexy countess you know but that was enough for him right and, and he didn't try to run I'm off really and join go- the secret service or run off and be with the countess this he was able to go back right. to his life and fantasize through this, which felt a lot like I felt a lot like episode one, right? And I and I think because it's partially the countess, but also partially the 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 excitement of being in a spy novel, yeah. or you know, like acting out a spy novel. So yeah, because it in that case, because of course it unlike the first story where they actually went out dancing several times and it took you know a couple of weeks. This was one you know, less than a day, but it was, yeah, it was an exciting, thrilling spy novel that he was acting out. Yeah. But yeah, he's going to be able to be like, I am somebody. Um, I do think. And he had a secret, you know, like he had a secret that his wife wouldn't know about that his family, like that he was a secret spy. And the funniest part was he was a secret spy who did something very important, but that part, right because it was boring i mean the one thing that i i noticed the reason i mentioned because i think he wasn't as well off both because of what he could pay but also because he's like this is the nicest train i've ever been on this is the nicest hotel i've ever been in like he he couldn't afford to do the kinds of things that parker pine was basically paying for him to do yeah and and parker pine Um, said to his colleague sometimes I lose money but it's worth it and that was the thing like he probably lost money he paid more on the hotel room and the train and all the like luxury things for this guy but it was worth it because he wanted this guy to feel that right and he unlike the first lady wasn't rich and bored he was hard working and life is routine and like you know we've again going through quarantine times Living in your own budget is boring. You know? (laughs) Getting delivery is more fun than just cooking at home and washing your dishes. Like, it is boring to do a good job of living within your budget to build yourself up and have a better life for your family. It's hard. And we all are venturing to do better with that. But, like, it's it's not fun. There's no excitement in... Washing the dishes, cooking dinner, and washing the dishes again, right? And that's, I feel, what he was in. He was in that cycle. Right, right. Where he's just like, the wife is great, the kids are great, but there's no variety in my life. And, yeah, so now he could be like, 
I'm a secret yeah, spy. It was so cool. It was yeah. cool. It was so cute. So I think we're going to end on this this one, and this will be halfway through Parker Pines Investigates. Okay, so the last one, this and is this wild. And the most unethical of Parker and Pines. And the biggest win. Right. So you could definitely yeah. come down on many sides of consent on this one. So this woman totally. comes into Parker Pine, and she's like, look... She, the first thing she says is, if you're any good at this, you'll tell me how to spend my money. And she has come up from nothing. She was just a hardworking woman whose husband was also working in a plant or something. He but had he invented an invention, something. And then he had another invention after that, which, were, which just, just took off. And over the years, now she's a very rich woman. And then he passed away. And they... And all of their children yeah, didn't like survive five or either. Six children that didn't survive until adulthood. So she's a very, she's a very so she has no woman. children. She Her has... husband passed away, but now she's a mistress and she's bought this and she's bought that. She's got this apartment and that apartment. She's got these furs. She's got a country house. She's got everything, and she's not happy. She's and and she, she doesn't have any friends because her old ones are intimidated by her and the new ones all seem to just want something right and from she her. knows that like she's not of the class of the of the already witch women and the and the people of her previous class are like just want something from her like it's just, there's a lot you know there's a lot and so and then she's like he's like well Parker Pine's like why don't you give it away to hospitals and she's like no because we earned, I earned this it money. like why I would I give this, this away I give this money away I want to spend this money in order to be happy tell me how to be happy by spending my money and and then he asks for what 500 a pounds a whole bunch of money maybe even a thousand I don't was remember it a thousand? But it was a lot I think it was 500 it was a yeah, it was definitely more than all of the other ones, like way more, more than double all the other ones. But I can't remember. But, but it was but like you know, she's got the money. Yeah. So she comes in a week right. later, and he is like, "Okay, great, we're going upstairs. You're going to meet with this specialist." And so he meets this doctor. He calls it a doctor, and the whole thing is preying on Agatha Christie's fetishism of orientalism yes but you know because the uh like which if hopefully if you're listening to us we're not just brushing by this we've discussed how agatha christie is like i love them and they're more special and they're more in a way that we're like okay um evil and gifted and oh boy stop it right there's a yeah it's such a fetish but anyway she apparently thinks other people also have this fetish because the doctor and the nurse, who's apparently the same beautiful woman who apparently can play both Russian and vaguely Asian. Um, but they go in and, and the whole thing is like, it smells like Asia. It's got Asian <laughs> silks. The whole thing, right. they walk in and is like, I'm a doctor, but I'm a doctor from right. the East. And here's what the West gets wrong. They only treat the body and we treat the soul. Right. I thought it was the the mind. mind. Whatever. Yeah. 
Um, and so, but basically the end of the story is she drinks a cup of tea and gets knocked out because there was something she in the tea. She wakes up in some farmhouse and they're like, and way they're like, out. You've been having seizures for a few days, but you got to get back up on that plow. And she's like, the fuck is this? I am a well-to-do <laughs> lady. Very- I am a rich lady. And they're like, no, you Hannah, and you're about to get back up on this plow. Right. And she's like, this bed doesn't feel like my bed. It creaks. What is the and heck? Then, and then she reads in the and newspaper then- that's sitting there conveniently at her bedside that this doctor, this Eastern doctor claims to have per- performed a soul transfer. It's very like yeah, the man with two like brains. <laughs> right. So <laughs> when two people look alike, they can, yeah. When two people look alike, they can switch souls. So they're in different bodies. And so there's a picture of what looks like her at this farmhouse that she like she's been there a while early photoshop right and then yeah the the news article says that he can switch souls and there's something about some and that person under her name claiming their name is hannah and going crazy and being committed to a lunatic asylum and she's here in this farmhouse right. saying that she's not hannah that she's her name so basically she ain't got no money to prove who she is she's stuck here in the world and it's way out it's nowhere near london so she can't even right. get into london to be like find parker pine to be like hey what'd you do she basically so just starts working she, as a farmhand yeah so um so she's like okay well i'm not gonna say who i am um, I think i'm just crazy, gonna so i'll just, I'm just start, gonna working. start working and earn my money and make my way back to london and then like figure this shit out but she ends up working and then working with the farm and meeting the new uh, hand with the farm and they start dating. And, and it's like um, a cute, it's and a cute months middle age romance because like we know that she's been married before and she had kids before and we know that this guy and, is in recovery. He used to be drinking and like, he's, and like she's helping him stay clean. So it's clearly like a 40s, 50s oh, and, romance. Um, it, and she and he had lost a wife and that's when he right, started right, drinking, right, right. right? And so they were kind of like dating and then a year, a year goes, goes by. And then she and and, at some point, and she finally got she had gotten enough money to go back to London, but she was like, I don't know. But also maybe she was like right. she was like she life. got enough money and still didn't go. So at some point a year later, Parker Pine shows up and he's like hanging over the fence and she's like, This motherfucker right here. And she's a lays about into to cut him. his face Agatha, off. She just yells at him for a while, and Agatha Christie doesn't even say no, what she, she just says. Like, says she just he, like, she lays into him, and Parker Pine is like, "That's valid. I stole your identity. I put you here in this whatever. You want to go home?" And she's like, "Well, no, I didn't say that." And basically, and he's like, "Go ahead." It was all it was fake. all a fake. Right? There was no soul switch. There was no other Hannah. Basically, they just planted her here, and because brought... this woman where she's been working had knew Parker Pine, right? Because he'd done a favor for her son before, and was like, "Cool, we'll all pretend this lady's crazy, and just start her working here 
and call her Hannah. Fine, that's fine with us. <laughs> and so right, she's right. pissed she... as she as basically he tells her that he's lied to her. And then and then she's like, Well, you stole all my money. And, then, and he's like, Well, yeah, I did have you sign a medical, you know, power of attorney while you were high or whatever. And while you were gone over this past year, I've invested your stuff and it's grown in value. So actually you have more And then money. he's like, so you want to go back to that life and you want your money back? And she's like, well, no, because. No, what she said is, he said is, are you happier now than you were? And she's like, that doesn't matter. And she's like, no, no, no. Are you happy now? And she's God like. God damn it, I am. God damn it, I right, am she's happy now. Working hard, having nothing, having this man that like she's helped get on the good foot. All of that has made her happy. So he's like, Do you want me to give you your money back? And she's like, No, give it to the hospital. I don't want it. Because she realized and he and she said, Don't ever tell, you know, this man she's gonna marry anything because she knows that moral money can spoil people. And she said the she would only take enough so that they could buy this house that they were thinking about because they both had been working for this other farm, but then they could buy a house right. of their own. So she was like, I only want enough to buy this house. Everything else give right. to the hospitals. And it was like because they had yeah, they were gonna announce their engagement like the next week. And she was like, We were gonna announce my engagement. Um and Parker Pines was like, yeah, but now are you? And she's like, well, I don't know. Uh, everything's different. And so basically you know? in the story but, in that case was that like <laughs> money didn't make her happy. Being able to buy the things that make her happy, having a purpose made her happy, like having work to do and having a relationship that had real issues. And maybe it would have been different if her husband had lived, but as Right, or her but kids as a single person, yeah, having money, she was really bored and unhappy, and so like having w- literal work to do made her much happier, and then having a community with a person to love and a community to be a part of was everything to her. Right, and, and, and so, so yeah, and the- for, and I think he read her correctly in terms of the class that she had come from and how like money could spoil happiness for her right because she the kinds they agatha christie did another things of describing what this woman looked like and she was not a beauty agatha christie Um, thinks no women are beauties unless they're beauties we're all we're all dogs to her right Right, except for Madeline de Sarah, the one who right. works for Parker Pine, who apparently is so beautiful that right. everybody but the rest of us are no beauties. Like she's like, you know, you're either a ten or you're just shit. Yeah. So, but he, they regularly describe her as like a peasant-looking right. woman, and and so she was super, when she was super rich, she didn't fit in anywhere, and so she was much happier not being super rich and yeah it was so ethically just the right worst. Like, and it was interesting because you know i feel like it i thought it was fascinating again being from the now time was like what was that movie with um, is it 
Michael Douglas, Michael Keaton. There's a Michael <laughs> where he pays a lot of money. Okay. The game where he pays a lot of money to get Isn't some excitement or something. And so reading, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I ever saw it. Me of like, but I don't even know if I've really seen it or I've seen parts of it. But like reading this, remind I was like, man, she's a precursor to everything, or she's like the source material for so much modern stuff. Where it's like, okay. You go right, in and right. say you have carte blanche to do whatever to my life. Even like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, like a, a lot of those things where it's like, sure, I give you permission, and then you're like, oh, I didn't mean that. So there's, I feel like right. she again, she's just like such a genius and such like source for so much modern material that, and again, right, like you right. could ask ethical questions, like, can you just take someone? And it was like. It, it, for, it worked out for the best so it's fine but did she con- like I want her to have checked a lot of forms I want to see <laughs> the paperwork where she agreed right to- right because what if Parker Pine had done this and then had right. stolen there's all a money? lot of like relying or- on his individual ethics right and so but I mean it's true she was happier after all this and she chose to um, opt in. Like, but at the end, he was like, "Do you want your old life back?" And she said, "Absolutely not. Give the money away, right? And, and don't, and don't even tell the guy I'm going to marry that and I give had the rest money. of it away. I don't want it." Yeah. And so, yeah. So I, I think it was. I thought it was interesting. Like you saw, you you related to Parker Pine in the story, but you also thought, like, wow, wow. <laughs> These are bold choices to make in someone's life. I really want her to have done a very right. thorough intake form <laughs> with a lot of signatures. Right. Because, wow, you did a lot to her. And it, and it worked out for the right, best. Right, right. Totally. But it comes to that, like, and that's what like, my, my image of that movie, The Game, is sort of like, you, you're bored and rich. You said you wanted this. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. And that's, um, and that's, I think, because a lot of those kinds of stories go horribly wrong because bored rich people end up doing horrible right. things you to each kill, other. You said you wanted to kill a man, uh, right? Like, oh, why, why, why that? Why do we have to go that direction? But like, and in this so, case, uh, the answer was you have to work. You need a purpose. And yeah, I, give I, her, I, again, I need I something a, to do. I had to not work and not have a purpose. But I do think a lot of us thrive with work and a purpose and that just being right rich yeah with nothing to do and no community would be challenging yeah yeah hey, so see, that's you so, so yeah you're and- just rich you ain't got no job you're just relaxing on that chair right and then you're like i need a purpose <laughs> Bobby the window, the window. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough for her. That's enough for yeah. her. But some of us need to be Parker Pined. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So the rest of the book is Parker Pine <laughs> on vacation, and then keeps getting cases thrown at him on vacation. So we'll get to that in the next episode. But this one was interesting because it sets up like he works out of an office, and people come in, and and you it, know. it's fun. I, what I what and, I liked about it, like in the broad view, is. It's it, okay. It's not Tommy and Tuppence because he's older. He's like 
like he's at the opposite end of his career. He's basically been a bureaucrat and he's taking his wisdom and applying like he's like, I know this about human nature. I'm gonna apply it kind of in a Tommy and Tumpets way. Like I understand how people work. But because of his age, he's a hundred percent confident. Like he doesn't start from like, oh, I hope they buy it. He's like, Oh, I know what I'm doing. But he's still right. got and- that little like you know, elfish, magical, mischievous thing that they have. Like, it's a similar energy, even though he's older. Do you agree? Right, right. Yeah, I guess I hadn't thought about it in that way, because I was thinking about him, yeah, because there's an older guy who was actually pretty arrogant that he can be like, I'm going to fix your problems. But but what Um, I find different from his arrogance is, like, compared to, like, Praro is that like he like he he lets you come to him and he's like okay you want me to fix your problems I've been mean, I'll fix them if you really want me to <laughs> like I don't know I, yeah, that's yeah. not that different from Bravo but, but he doesn't do a lot of positive you stuff. know what this actually is it's fantasy oh my god island. it's fantasy island she, she's oh my material. god I never th- realized so stuff this is Fantasy Island, which of course is also dating us because Fantasy Island was on when we were little in the eighties. So if you're not as old as us, you're like, it's "What the hell is Fantasy Island?" Fantasy but it was a TV Island, show where people who were rich who wanted to fill some kind of fantasy and, and, and they would go would there and fill to... the fantasy, but not in the way they thought it would. It would be just like this: you're unhappy because, because you have too much pe- money, so now you're working on a farm. And we stole everything from you, but now you're happy. Like, oh my god, it's so Fantasy Island. It's Fantasy oh, Island. Mind blown. Oh my gosh. Mind blown. Mind Did blown. Did you see that just now? Yeah. I just thought of it just now. And I read this in, back in the 80s. You think I could have made the connection, but I never... But of course, he does have a sliding scale. It's not just rich people. Right. Because um, Fantasy Island was only for rich people. But... Um, but yeah, I'd never thought of that before. But you were talking about all the other things that uses it. Because Fantasy Island wasn't as dark as some of the other stuff like you're talking about, like the game or whatever. Because uh, it was primetime TV that I was allowed to watch when I was a little kid. So clearly right. it wasn't as dark. It, it was on it was after, the, after the love boat. Because <laughs> on Saturday night. So, you know. This but it's is, true. Yeah. But, it, but it does kind of um, have that twist yeah. on like. The point that I think carries through, which again, this being source material, is like what you think will make you happy versus what will make you happy and what you think is driving that versus what right. actually drives that, right? Like, I want my husband's attention and what turns out to make me happy is not needing his attention. And then it, and then it, right, it's and to then feel it good about comes myself. Along yeah. With right because i but feel what, better but the thing that makes me feel right. better is that i don't need his attention anymore i feel much better in my own skin and oh yeah it's great that he's now coming along but that's a bonus now and that's right as opposed why to i the love that goal. first story because when her when her husband says we could go on vacation we could go to getaway together she's like all right babe and she's doing it more for him and she feels right. sorry for him because she because knows that he's this like ridiculous middle-aged man chasing this young thing who doesn't actually have a romance. She thing. had a romance. 
Which, of course, she didn't, but um, whatever. But then, you know, Claude was changed by her, so maybe she did. But, yeah, but yeah, either so way, she did. the funny thing was, like, the, the important part was she went in thinking, I want my husband's attention. And then she came out being like, uh, I, I get it, I don't get it, either way, I'm okay. Right? Because I'm, I'm valuable, I'm right? Valuable. And so I feel like that's the same yeah. through line through fantasy island is that like what you think you want and what you actually need are different and when you sign up to one of these services parker pine or fantasy island you're agreeing to this contract of like you're okay we're gonna do whatever it is to make you happy even if it's different than what you think you need right right so yeah oh my gosh mind blown that makes me want to go see if I, I can find it. I wonder it's episode. gonna be on. There's so many <laughs> streaming things. It's gonna be somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Deplane, it's gonna be our next Deplane. podcast. Fantasy Island Pod. Fantasy Island Pod. I get out there. I'm about to say much younger than you. I'm not that much younger than you, but five years when you're little is a big deal. And I feel like a lot of them made right. me feel very uncomfortable. Like I remember, I, I I don't remember a lot of the plots, but I remember feeling like I shouldn't have. I'm not ready. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. Oh like, really? Or was it that? Or because Love Boat, of course, was literally called Love yeah, Boat. Yeah, like the Love Boat was always um, like it is what it is. Like this person's kissing that person, but the Fantasy Island always had a twist, like this does, like a twist of like what you thought you wanted. Consent issues. Mm, yeah, it's a little bit confusing. It's a little yeah. bit of a Venn diagram. It's a little, little bit of a <laughs> spectrum. Right. And I, 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 you know, I think I, I have a young awareness, and you know, somewhere in my <laughs> recollection, have a young awareness of like the complexity of life from that show. So I'd love to watch it now. Yeah, think, yeah, like, that's interesting. You know, like it. Love Boat was more just like, yay, you know? I, I yeah, wasn't well, uncomfortable by sexuality in itself, but I feel like Love Boat was, or no, excuse me, Fantasy Island was more like a little bit twisted. I mean, and by twisted, I mean like there was a twist, yeah. there, you know? Right, right. Now I'm trying to, I only remember the, the plane to plane part and Mr. Rourke explaining. Who brought it up things. in this context? And I think that's for a good reason. But now I'm trying to remember the, the thing. Plots. I think like they would have a couple come. They would have it, yeah, and then they would be like, yeah. "This is oh what my we'll... gosh, we have to watch it. <laughs> we have to go find an episode of Famous Island now." That's too All funny. Right. This one well, was super fun. I'm a big fan of Parker Pine. When I started reading this, and I was like, "Just when I thought I couldn't have a new character, Agatha Christie, I was going to love even more. I love Parker Pine. I'm a big fan." Yeah. And we know nothing about him personally. Right. It's very different from Poirot. We don't know what he likes. We don't. We just know that people liked the way he looked, and so and, and, and even though it was weird, they always would bold. tell him. So it's not going. like they like the way he looks. Like he's Brad Pitt. He's got a calming presence. No, they would always say, "I want to open up to him because he has a calming presence." And he's presence. not yeah. femme. Like in like he, they don't want to open up to him. Like in the uh, Satterway way. Satterway. But he's just yeah. like got this like calming thing that they're just like, I'm gonna tell him everything. So I, right, I was delighted right. with so, this. Yeah, but we and, don't... and I like the 
I like the mental exercise of like, is it okay to fuck with people's life to make it better? Right. Right. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of like, Oh, that was interesting. That was, a lot a, of, yeah. Questions. So, interesting and... choice. A lot of consent questions. Okay. There. Yeah. This was lovely. And then we'll, for the we'll most finish part, it, it uh, out... next week as he gets on the road, Parker, and P- Parker Pine on the road will be next week. Yeah. And he actually starts investigating. Right, he keeps saying, road. I'm not a detective, but he turns into a detective on that one. So that's why the book makes sense. The yeah, name makes totally. sense. Investigate. The name, in the second part, absolutely. All right, well, thank you for listening to this episode of Horror Pod. Pod. Parker Pine Pod. <laughs> Parker Pine Pod. Parker Pine Pod.